Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Don't be distracted. Remember, recuerda, we are on a mission from God. Estamos en una misión de Dios. En los soldados no se preocupan por los asuntos mundanos. Soldiers don't concern themselves with worldly affairs. You guys hearing me this morning? Colossians chapter 3 and 2 says this, set your mind on things above. Pone la mira en las cosas de arriba. Not on things that are on the earth. No en las de la tierra. Don't you realize that ungodly people do ungodly things in the name of a God they don't even know? Can I say that to you again? Ungodly people do ungodly things in the name of a God they don't even know. So many people run here talking about, I'm here to live for God and country. But what God and what country? Some people say the United States, okay, you could be a citizen or a patriot. But I have to say one thing, God comes before your country. I got two, two amens there right there. We need to be more concerned with what Peter tells us. Pedro, necesitamos estar más preocupados por lo que Pedro dice in 1 Peter 4, 17. Listen very carefully. Escuchar. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Porque es tiempo de que el juicio comience por la casa de Dios. And if it first begins at us, y si comienza por nosotros primero, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? ¿Cuál será? El fin de los que no obedecen al evangelio de Dios. Dios está más preocupado por su casa que por quien está en la casa blanca. God is more concerned with his house more than who's in the White House. Let that sink in. God is more concerned with his house more than he is concerned with who's going to be in the White House. Don't get distracted. No te distregas. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house 
of God. And if it first begins at us, somebody point your, your finger at yourself. Judgment is happening right now. Ahora. El juicio está sucediendo. It's happening at the house of God, of God, la casa de Dios. And then judgment's happening in us. Don't get it separated. That means judgment is happening to us corporately as the church, the building, the Corpus Christi, and judgment is happening also to us individually. Hmm. We like to run around and talk about we are the church, especially during the pandemic in the last, over the last year. Because most of us aren't getting together and gathering around. And, and, and Hebrews 10.25 says, don't forsake the assemblies of yourselves. So now everybody's really running and, and grabbing about that. We are the church. Well, if you are the church, you better believe, honey, that God is causing judgment, not just in the corporate house of God, but in us. So before we start making comments and judgments on what's happening right now in the U.S., Remember, God is looking at his people and what we are doing about expanding his kingdom for his glory according to his will. Amen. 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 Ah, I'll say that again. Remember, God, let me, let me say it so you guys can kind of receive it a little bit better. Remember, God is looking at his people and what we are doing about expanding his kingdom for his glory, according to his will. Amen? Did, did that take, did you guys take that a little bit, bit better? Is a spoon, did I spoon feed it to you? Amen. Now, anyway, now that I've gotten that off my chest. It's playoff time, y'all. I'm switching lanes here. I had to say something about what's been going on. I know you guys have been seeing everything that's going on in the news. They're talking about another impeachment. We're talking about people storming the Capitol. We're talking about people dying. We're talking about who's doing what and all this other stuff. Yeah, that's fine. I see it on the news. And I'll just be honest with you. I'm tired of seeing it. Because ungodly people do ungodly stuff. Why are we surprised? Somebody help me out. I don't even know why we're talking about it as Christians. You can go and storm. People are running and storming the Capitol, storming Macy's, storming Walmart, storming the liquor stores, storming everywhere else, but they will not come to the house of God. Why don't you come and bust down these doors? Come on, y'all. And even everybody sitting there watching right now on social media, you had something to say about what's going on and about what people are doing, but you will be afraid to even come to the house of God. Did I say it's, it's playoff season? It's, it's playoffs. This has been on my chest for the last week, and I said, God, I am not going to get distracted. Not going to get distracted because I'm on a mission. We said it earlier. I remember right, at when I, right after I had my stroke, the first stroke, 
I remember I said, God, we're on a mission. I can't get deterred. I can't get distracted. I can't be concerned because I'm a soldier. I don't know about you. I'm a soldier, and I'm in the army of God, and I can't be concerned with all these extracurricular activities that our United States is doing. Don't get me wrong. This is the best country in the world. Listen, we got issues that need tissues. <laughs> People sitting here talking bad about our country, but yet I sit down and I, I talk to um, people that have come. that are immigrants from another, another country, doesn't matter what country, but they sit down and they'll look at me and be like, this is the best country in the world. He says, first of all, let me let you know something. The country that I was from, this guy was from Europe, he said there was war, murders, people killing in the name of their God and all that, but I came to this country and I had an opportunity to be a business owner. He has multiple businesses. He's doing great, and he's not complaining. But he says, to be honest, to be honest, there's some issues that are going on here in America. Amen. But he says this. This is the one, one thing I loved. I loved about to hear him when he said it. He says, but to God be the glory. But to God be the glory that I'm here in this country. It's playoff time, y'all. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm get, Can I get off the soapbox, honey? Thank you. By the way, you look stunning today. I just with all the black on. It. I don't know. <laughs> you got. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm sorry. My wife comes in with all black on and heels and then gets up and starts speaking prophetically. That does something to a husband. I'm just saying. She gets up there preaching and just on fire. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. Okay. I'm, all right. I'm going to get playoff time, y'all. How many people in here, except for the Tolberts, want their team to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, the only reason why some people didn't clap is because we already know. So let me ask you this. Whose team made the playoffs? Quiet. What team here had a winning record? Okay, be quiet, yeah. Whose team, for a lack of better words, was trashed this year? Come on now, some of y'all in here, Dallas, Dallas fans, all right, okay, okay. I'm sure a lot of our teams here had had a bad season this year. And when your team has a bad season, y'all, you have to deal with all the humiliation of losing. Amen. Come on, I need, to hear, I need to hear some of those Dallas fans. You, I, I, you gotta, you, this, this year was bad for y'all. No matter win or lose, a real fan stays. Listen to me. No matter win or lose, a real fan stays with a team. You guys with me? I could talk bad about whatever team you're If you're a Kings fan, people still walking around with King jerseys on. 
I don't think they, well, they might be winning now, but it, the, it's the Kings. They give away tickets. And when they give away tickets to people, they give like a book of tickets to you because people don't want to go. Now, as a 49er fan, we had a terrible season this year. Amen. Yeah, you can go ahead and clap, haters. And by the way, the Raiders, they were doing really good in Las Vegas this year. They just couldn't win the important games this year. But they did really good for their first year um, in Vegas. And even though the 49er fans, and I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to be honest with you, even though the 49er fans talk all kinds of stuff about the Raider Nation, there's one thing I could say about Raider Nation. Do we got Raiders fans in the house? We got some Raider fans? A couple of them? All right, maybe two. All right. There's one thing I could say about Raiders fans. Listen, they hang in there. They don't switch up. They don't jump ship. Right? You guys hear me? They will not jump ship to try to go to another winning team. They stick with it. They say, win or lose, I'm a Raider fan. You guys, you guys are like just looking at me like, what, 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 are you, what are you about to say? I'm just being honest. The Raiders can be 0-16, and they will still come out to a game with Raider jerseys on, makeup on their face. And listen, they didn't even have to go to the stadium. They're at home taking pictures like they make up everything, acting a fool because they believe in their team. They are committed to their team. Now, what I can't understand is people that love their team as long as the team is doing well. But as soon as they have a bad season, 49er fans, you start seeing them with a different jersey on. I'm a Niner fan for life, for life. I'm just letting you know that now, for life. I'm, but I, I see some uh, fans that they, 49ers, Garoppolo, they're all, then all of a sudden, when we start losing, all of a sudden they got a different jersey on. I was like, I thought you was a Niner fan. And they're like, well, I, 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 I am a Niner fan, but originally... I've always been a Buffalo fan. Then, you know, they, they, all of a sudden the Buffalo won, and now they got a Buffalo jersey on. What, what, what happened? What happened? What happened? Some of the people in here tell, no, no, I, li I like, I like the, the Niners, but, you know, I've always been a Buccaneers fan. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Why do people always want to jump ship when the boat is sinking? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm comparing this to something. Why do fans always want to jump ship when the boat is sinking? When things are good, when things are great, they want to stay in the boat. That's kind of, you know, like, you know, a lot of people love great relationships, relationships. But when a relationship is sinking, they jump out of one relationship into another ship, relationship. When a fan loves his team and if things going well, then when they start 
thinking they're going to jump to another team. Now, I can understand athletes wanting to leave a team. You guys understand? Because I'm about to talk about somebody in here. Don't get upset. Now, I can understand athletes wanting to leave a team because it's all about two things for them. Athletes, it's about two things, money and opportunity. This is an athlete. Let's talk about one person in particular, LeBron James. LeBron James. Isaiah, don't, don't get mad at me, and please don't tell Mission that I'm talking about his boy. But LeBron James is more committed to winning than he is to his team. He wins a lot, but how many teams has he played with just to get the wins? You guys understand what I'm saying? Well, he's won. How many teams has he been with? Look at people that are committed to the team. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the greatest of all time, the GOAT. Michael Jordan. Been one team, winning those championships. Let's talk about Kobe Bryant. One team, all those championships. He was not only committed to the team, but because he was committed to the team, he was also able to win. He was more committed to the team than he was the money and the opportunity. Oh, I'm going somewhere, you guys. But listen, let me talk about, we're talking about athletes, but for Christians, but for Christians, why do Christians get so committed to trying to find money and opportunity for themselves than their team? What is their team? It's their church. Today and now is the time when judgment must start at the house of God and in us. What are you committed to? Because some of us could be committed because we're winning, but when it seems as if the church isn't winning, we want to follow another church that is doing the winning because they get more money and more opportunities. For us as Christians, it is all about consistency. Consistency. Somebody say consistent. Consistent. Mm, that was good. That was good. Consistency means being committed. Just because you're committed to winning doesn't mean you're committed to the team. There are people that are committed to their church but they're not committed to their God. Wait, 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 what do you mean? You know, I'm committed to the church, and it sounds good, surfacely, but we got to understand that we got to take layers down. I, I, I appreciate that you would really be committed to this church. I really do, but there's judgment coming. 
And what judgment does, you get judgment because afterwards I get to take off all the layers and see exactly what you're looking for and what you're doing. Maybe you're at the church because you're there because it makes you feel good, because I'm there for, for fellowship. I'm there because I want to know somebody. I'm here for this and I'm here for that. But at the end of the day, I come to church not just to be with people. I'm here to worship God, and I worship God. And what, listen, listen, I love people because I worship God. Not, not, I love, I love God. No, I love people. And then I love God. No, I love God. And because I love God, I love on people. And we get, to, we, get, we get things so mixed up when we come to church. Yes, we serve people. We do this. We do that. And at the end of the day, saints, listen, for you, you're going to miss God, but you're going to really be at the church. I've seen, I've seen this video of this pastor preaching, and he's sitting there, and as he's preaching to everybody, all of a sudden the rapture happens. I don't know if you've ever seen it. And at the end, the pastor is still standing there. He's like, wait. He, he heard, he heard. And all of a sudden, there's just people sitting there, and they're all looking around like. And when I saw that picture, I started thinking, even the pastor was still there because he was committed to the church. He was committed to the people. And he was so committed with the people, and he was so committed to the church that, and the people that were at the, here at the church were so committed to the pastor and so committed to the church that they missed out on God. Oh. That, that shouldn't be so. Judgment is coming to the house of God. Corporately and individually. Oh, come on. And this brings us to today's message. 1 Corinthians 4 and 16. I really hope you guys are hearing this because I love you guys. I want you guys to be committed to this church. Yes, I want you to be committed to this church. I want you to be committed to your pastors and your leaders to this church. I want you to be committed to them, but you need to first be committed to God. Yes, you need to obey your leaders. Yes, you need to follow us. Yes, you need to do all that. But at the end of the day, are you committed to Christ? 1 Corinthians 4 and 16, wherefore I beseech you, be, the, be followers of me, I urge you, then be imitators of me. Listen, that word to follow, when you guys hear follow, you know what we think of? We think of following behind somebody. You guys know like your kids when, 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 <laughs> when Mariah follows her, her Nana around and Nana can't go nowhere. And I can tell you right now, um, Erica, same thing. Erica can't even go to the bathroom. Mariah follows her everywhere, every move. And we always think about following. Our kids are following us right behind us. They're watching. Or some of us here on social media are following other people on social media. You're fans of people on social media. But in Jesus' time, that word had much a greater, deeper meaning than just a, a walk behind somebody yeah. or to watch them. I would sit down and say what the word in Greek is, but I can't. I barely have problems. I have problems with saying Spanish words. Uh, uh, Aculometheo. 
Got that? That was good. That was good. That was pretty good. It was probably not right, but it, you guys went no. That word in Greek, it means this, to cleave steadly, steadfastly to one, to confirm wholly to his example in living and dying. Follow me. To cleave steadfastly to one, to conform wholly to his example in living and dying. So many people here want to live for Jesus. Who want to live for Jesus? We all want to live for Jesus, but you know what happens when the hands come down? How many people want to die for Jesus? So when Jesus approached his disciples, they knew exactly what he meant in Mark chapter 8 and 34. He said, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. When they heard that word, follow me, they knew at that time what what they were committing themselves to. When Jesus said, you're going to follow me after you pick up your cross daily and follow me, they knew exactly what they were committing themselves to do. They said, look, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Now, if you guys got to understand something, when a rabbi would walk by, and if you guys know when Jesus said, look, you didn't choose me, I chose you. If you go by and, and you look and you begin to see, rabbis would come by and they'd see young boys after their bar mitzvah, and they would go by and they would look at these guys that they've been being trained, and they'd look at them and say, okay, you got good grades, he's this, it's that, and he would go, I choose you. This is a rabbi. And rabbis would come and they would take disciples to train them up. This is in the Jewish culture. It's a whole custom. When the, when the kids, the parents would make sure that the kids got trained. But the problem was, listen, most kids didn't get picked. Oh, I, I wish you guys would hear this. Most of the time, a rabbi would only pick the, the good kids, the smart kids, the best grades, the best families that, that, that the rabbi would pick. And usually the rest of those kids that would become tax collectors or they'd become fishermen or, or, or they'd be something else. You guys hear me. Uh, maybe you don't catch all this, but maybe there was somebody like Peter and, and, and they were like the, the, the brothers of, of, of John and, and, and James and, and all these. See, they didn't get picked because they weren't at the top of the pile. But then Jesus comes along and he starts looking at people and he looked at those and he says, listen, you didn't choose me because everybody would have chose the rabbi, but the rabbi said, no, I chose you. And as he chooses you, he says, now that I choose you, I've chosen you, but now I'm not going to sit down and go, come on, come up here. You need to come to the altar. You need to give your, no, you know what's, what is, what's, you know what I require of you to do. And that is pick up your cross daily and follow me. Follow me. This is what he tells us. You guys with me? So that's what he told us. Everybody during Jesus' time understood this. They understood that when the rabbi, and the, and the cold part was, ah, 
The cold part about it was, as a little child, right now, some of our kids got dreams. Their dreams are, man, I want to be football players. I want to be basketball players. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a surgeon. That's their dream. But for those young Jewish boys, their dream, ultimate dream was what? To become a disciple of a rabbi. But when the rabbi didn't choose them, they were broken. Oh, my dreams have been shattered. Now what do I got to do? I got to go and become a fisherman. And I'm not that good as a fisherman, be honest, because the Bible tells us that Peter would go out and fish and didn't get fish sometimes. He wasn't the greatest fisherman. Some of them, was, some of them were so detestable, they became tax collectors because their dreams were smashed. But Jesus said, oh, Jesus, when they were young and their dreams had been shattered, but Jesus came to them as grown men who forgot about their dreams. They forgot about as being children of, of what they wanted in their life. But Jesus came and reminded them, listen, your dreams, your, your desires, the, 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 the promise that was in your heart is not gone away, that right now I'm offering you a greater future in me. And right now I need you to pick up your cross and follow me daily. Follow me. Your dreams your, your desires are in me. Your dreams haven't been shattered, saints. They're found in Jesus Christ, not in a rabbi, not in what you think it is, because here comes Jesus, the most unlikely of men, because we were looking in the wrong direction. And he gave everybody the call. Follow me. Follow me. In order for us to call ourselves Christians, we are to follow Christ immediate, excuse me, we need to follow Christ and conform wholly to his example in, uh, of living and dying. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 and 8, it says this, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I need you to hear this today in your ears. This means that, that, that God doesn't ever change. God is consistent. If God is calling people the same way he called them in the beginning, he's still calling people today, and he will still call people until he comes back. You guys understand what I'm saying? If you are here, you, if God is consistent, then you need to be consistent. Somebody say consistency. So if we're going to be like Christ, if we are going to follow Jesus wholly to his example in living and dying, then we must be consistent too. Jesus was constantly asking people and telling people, follow me. Mind you, he didn't always run after people. Most of the time, he didn't run after people. People came to him and asked him questions. He was like, look, this is what you need to do. And once you're done, sell your, your stuff to the poor, do all this, and then follow me. But we get this, this mindset that we need to take, that, you know, this, as Christians, we got to go around and, 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 and get people to, to follow us and get people to, to so no, no, we got to, this, 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 this way of trying to evangelize the people that, to say that we're trying to show God his goodness, it, dude, sometimes it doesn't work. 
If you look at the example of Jesus Christ, literally, just read your Bible. Jesus didn't go around healing. Most of the time, Jesus was on his way doing something. When people came to him, it was like, man, Jesus, my daughter's sick. Can you help me out? And while Jesus is on his way to go do something, he's going to do something, some woman runs up behind him in the press and touches the hem of his garment. Jesus had a, he, he had a way to be, he was being about his father's business. And because he was about his father's business, opportunities happened. We must be consistent too. Listen, the consistency of God means when you mess up, he's not going to leave you or forsake you. Every gift he has given, he won't take back. This is consistency. When you're in the raging waters, when you go through the fire, when you go through the flood, lo, Jesus Christ is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And if Jesus can be like that towards us, then we can be like that towards him. But there's a catch. We have to love on God the same way he loves on us. The judgment of God is starting in us. We have to love on God the same way he loves on us. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. God displayed his love toward mankind through his body. You guys catch that? God displayed his love to mankind through his body. John 3.16, because I gotta, I, I, if I got to be here a while, I'm going to have to explain it so that you understand. John 3.16, everybody knows, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came down in body, in flesh, the lamb of God in flesh. And then once the lamb of God was here, guess what happened? He was here with us, Emmanuel, here with us. And then Emmanuel, you know, he became the lamb of God. He got slaughtered, went to heaven, right? So when he goes to heaven, listen very carefully, he sent something down because he says, look, I got to go away to prepare a place for you, but I'm going to send you the comforter, the spirit of God. He's going to be with you and be in you. Now, he wasn't just talking about you individually. He was talking about you corporately. So Jesus said, look, just because this body is here on this earth, I'm going to create another body. I'm going to create my bride dwells within the corpus Christi in the church. It also resides here in this church. In the same place that God is going to judge. He's going to judge the body corporately and the body individually with the spirit of God. Oh, you guys, hell there. But through, go through Jesus. What is Jesus? He is the body. Jesus, he's the, God is the head. Jesus basically is the head of the church. His body is the body of Christ. 
the Corpus Christi. God loves on his people through his body. The church. If the church isn't around, then how can God love on people? You guys catch what I'm saying? This is, this is imperative. Say to God. What's happening right now in America right now is we're pushing lies to people that basically listen. Listen, there's truth in it, but this is how, you know, a, a, a truth, once it gets a little bit tainted with a lie, it takes away the whole truth. Yes, we are the church. But what's happening now is everybody's going, well, we are the church. And where two or three are gathered in his name, you'll be in the midst. Where two or three are touching and agreeing, God will be there. That, there's truth in that. But at the end, God said, I've designed my body to meet corporately, not forsaking the assembly of themselves as others do, especially when they see the day coming. What is that day that's coming? Judgment in the house of God and in us. You guys hear me? I want to, listen, when I want to feel the love of God, listen to me, saints. Yes, the love of God is going to wrap his, spiritually, he'll come and wrap his arms around. But the best way that God shows us that he loves us is through his body. And it's here. When you come to church, when you're here, literally, in the church, when people come and wrap their arms around you. When I sit down and people, I see people, and I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. I, I, I don't care what you guys are saying right now, but it, it's something, something completely different to be able to look at somebody and touch them and tell them I love them. That when I look at somebody that, that I got to lay hands, when the Bible specifically tells me, this is a church, this is a church. It says when somebody is sick, call upon the elders, lay hands on them, and anoint them with oil. This is what the Bible tells us to do. But when you don't have church, where are the elders? Where's the laying on of hands? Yes, it can happen outside, but God has created his body to love on people. Even through a pandemic. Even when the government shuts us down, you, didn't, you don't think that, the Rome, that Rome wasn't shutting down the church then? The church grew through tribulation. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we cannot love on God unless we love God through his body. I love God because I'm committed to him. And because I'm committed to him, I love his body. That means I love his people. I worship God by loving his people. John 14, 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's what I said earlier. He mentioned it right there. I am the way. There's no other way. I am the truth. Because there's a lot of truth. There's a lot of people, as I said earlier, a lot of people are doing things, uh, ungodly people are doing ungodly things in the name of a God they don't even know. And Jesus is the life. 
He's the life. What life? The life that we're living as Christians. Being consistent means you can count on that person. And that person means your brothers and sisters next to you. You can count on Jesus to help you. You can count on Jesus to comfort you. You can count on Jesus to give you peace. And you can count on Jesus to answer your prayers, even though it may not be the answer you want. <laughs> Listen, saints, one reason why we don't get the desire effect from our walk with Jesus Christ is because we're not being consistent. One of the reasons why we don't get the desired effect from our walk with Christ is because we aren't consistent. So many of us are sometimesy. We're one way, one time we're this way, the next time we're this. One day we're, we're deep in prayer, and the next time we cussing somebody out. I think there's a scripture that says that, that uh, sweet water in, in, in bad water doesn't, shouldn't, shouldn't flow out of the same fountain. But that's us. <laughs> in my closing, how many people in here, you ain't got to raise your hands, but how many people in here have quit a diet? or a gym because we weren't getting the results that we wanted or expected. Think about it. Just repent right now. How many people? It, it, it's, what, what, is, what is today's date? The 9th? 10th. Today's the 10th? January 1st, you started your diet. January, January 5th. It went from I'm fasting the whole time to Daniel fasting. <laughs> then from Daniel fasting, <laughs> it went to well, I'm just I'm just going um, I'm a Daniel fast twice a week. <laughs> and after you're done with the Daniel fast after 21 days, we sit down and because we weren't consistent. Even though you, you were like, look, I want to I get closer to God. I want to hear, hear him. This is the fast that you've chosen, God. And I, I, I've, I've done all this, but at the end of that fasting, you ended up gaining weight. The main reason you weren't getting the results is because you weren't being consistent. You missed out. You missed workout days. You ate what you wanted to eat. And when you did work out, you slacked off. Yeah, today's just going to be an easy day. It's the same in church. People don't get out of church what they want or what they expected, so they quit or they move on to the next church and then the next church and then the next church. We said earlier, man, there's people that are fans till the end. Ride or die, winning or losing, I'm sticking, I'm committed. Why? Because I'm consistent. But if you was consistent in attendance, consistent in your studying, consistent in your prayer, consistent in your fellowship, you would have started seeing dramatic results in no time. Why are churches, people 
leaving out of church, and I'm not talking about great big churches or small churches. I'm just talking about any church that have committed people. Because they're consistent. They're consistently worshiping God, consistently praying to God, consistently studying the word, consistently in fellowship. And because they're consistent, guess what happens? You'll see dramatic results. Listen, in you, when you focus on being consistent, you're not focused on the time. Some of you guys are so focused on next month and where I'm at at the next month. Look, just be consistent at what you're doing. Be consistent every day. When you guys just in the morning, just can, can I just share something if you guys haven't already? Do you know that every Monday through Friday, we do prayer call? And I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to make you guys, what's the word? I don't know what the word is. Make you feel bad. But I'm just telling you, honestly, there should be way more people on the prayer call. If you guys need to know about it, you need to be there. This is a corporate prayer so that you could be there early in the morning. You know what that means? You guys got to hit your snooze button and get on the phone and listen to the encouragement. You hear the word of the Lord. You get people getting prayed for. We, we need to be there. That's part of being consistent. Consistent. Consistent in prayer. And then what you'll hear is, you'll hear some word, and then you'll take that word. Not only do you hear the word, you take that word. Now you get to study it, what you just, what you just listened to. Now you got to go over and read the word. Then after you get done, you heard the word, you read the word, now you get to go do the word. But if you stay and be consistent, you'll see the results of your consistency. The Bible says this, let us hold fast the profession, the profession, profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Hold on to your profession or your confession. Hold on to it, saints. How are we going to sit around and tell people that, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm, you're not doing Christian things. You're just Christian by name. I want, to see, I want people to see my fruit. I want to be a tree with a lot of fruit on it. Why? Because, you know, a lot of people, there's, there's some people that have, uh, matter of fact, my mom used to have these peppers, these chilies that she got. And they constantly were growing fruit, peppers, in season and out of season. You guys hear what I'm saying? And she almost didn't do anything to them. She would water them, but they constantly grew. It constantly grew, and we were able to pull them. The next thing you know, there were more branches coming off, and more, more fruit was doing more fruit. And that's what I want to be. I want to be able to be that tree that bears fruit in season and out of season. And, and, and how does that happen? When I stay consistent. To know that, listen, I'm going to love on the Lord first. And when I love on the Lord my God, then I can turn around and love on his people. Listen, you can't sit back and go, oh, yes, I worship you, God. I love on you. And then you can't then turn around and not love on your brothers. Is that, is that scripture somewhere? Does that sound familiar? 
How can you say that you, you love a God that you can't see when you can't love on a brother who you can see? My wife's grandmother, praise God. I'm, I'm just going there. My wife and I went to go see her. She's on her deathbed, and she was Jehovah Witness at the time. We came and we explained the gospel to her, Jesus Christ, and who he was. Not, not, the, not the Jesus Christ of the Jehovah Witness. We talked about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, but yet God. We explained, and she, she goes, I believe. And we prayed. And her dying wish, this is her dying wish, she looked for her children was this. She said this. She goes, I want this for my children. How can you love on a God you can't see? How can you love on a God you can't see but not love on a brother you can't see? That's what is happening with us as Christians. We want to sit down and love on a God. We love him. No man has seen God at any time. But when I do see God, I see God. I know he's there, but I get to see him when I see y'all. And when I'm consistently worshiping God, consistently in prayer, consistently in communion with the Lord, then I'm going to see his face in his people. In his people, in his people, in his people. That's why my wife said earlier, he says, if my people was, are called by my name. Listen, you can claim God, but he ain't claiming everybody. There's some people's faces I look at, and they, they in church, and they don't look like God. Oh, Pastor, you're judging, you're, you're, you're passing judgment on people. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, but some of y'all are ugly. God needs us steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why am I preaching to you about this today? Because we need to have the same virtues as Jesus has. If the building is going to get where God wants us to be, then it's going to take some steadfast, unmovable, dependable, consistent people. This is the time because judgment is happening in the house of God. But that doesn't mean that the church is going to die. Judgment is happening so that we can examine ourselves. The Bible says judge lest you be judged. In the same measure that you judge, it shall be judged back onto you. So what is he saying? Listen, judgment is happening so that we can look at ourselves and say, God created me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit. I want to be right. I want to be whole. God, I want to advance your kingdom during this time. While the world, while the nation is dying and being ungodly, us as a people, as a church, are ready to go out, be deployed, and go out and win souls for Jesus Christ. God wants people that will stick with the team, people that won't jump ship, especially when the, when the team is losing. God wants people that will stay faithful. The judgment of God right now is happening here at the house of God first.
and then in us. But we first have to be consistent in loving on God. Amen? Amen, amen. You guys give God a praise. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. God, I just thank you right now just for visiting us, being here with that special presence that you've given us today. We thank you for your rhema, your tangible sense and touch here, not just in this building, but in us. And we thank you, Lord, that your judgment is happening first in your house and then to us that your judgment is happening to your church corporately and individually. But Lord, we receive that judgment that we will stand flat-footed and be consistent to follow you, to pick up our cross daily. We thank you right now, Lord, that we've heard these words. And we will hide it in our heart that we might not sin against you. As we leave this place today, Lord, we thank you that you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. Give us traveling mercies. Lord, I pray for all those right now that weren't able to make it to the building. But Lord, I also pray too that you will send your spirit your, 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 to, to convict some of us, Lord, to not forsake the, the fellowship of ourselves as some others do, especially as we see the day coming. God, I also pray for wisdom. I pray for wisdom for those that are immunocompromised and those that may be sick at during this time, Lord. We pray right now. We send the word to them right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now, Lord. We thank you right now, Lord, that you are touching them right where they're at. But you sent them through your word, you send them wisdom and that they have a measure of faith. So we thank you for that right now also. God, I thank you that we will walk in faith. Lord, and I pray that those that have heard the word of God today and have been judged in their heart, Lord, we just ask right now, we thank you, Lord, and we invite you into our hearts as our Lord and Savior. We ask you, God, that you will remove any sin out of our lives and we, re we receive your forgiveness that was paid for on Calvary's cross. Lord, we thank you right now that we ask right now for your Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us in all truth. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You guys give God a praise. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.